0: Western Australia broadcasting from Chewett Hill across the state and around the world. And today I'm very, very pleased to be joined by Elizabeth Ree from the well-known Ree Family. So welcome Elizabeth.
1: Thank you very much for having me today, Tim.
0: Now the Ree Family has quite a history around Perth and Western Australia generally. Tell me how did the Ree Family first become established in Perth?
1: My grandfather, Giuseppe Ree in 1885, he was in the Aeolian Islands just off Sicily where he was born, and decided that at that time migration was very up and running so himself and his brother Frank and his other brother John and his best friend Frank Arena decided to come over to Australia. So in those days they actually had to come around South Africa because the Suez Canal wasn't finished and if the weather was not good they didn't go into Albany. So they had to go all the way to Sydney where they disembarked in 1885. I haven't quite found out all the things that he actually did in Sydney. That's that's for another chapter, I think, another meeting. But um, he obviously didn't speak English, hard worker, was very nice-looking, 19-year-old. Um, in those days, you were a British subject as a soldier or a um, statesman. You were a British subject as a convict, but everybody else was considered an alien. So when he wrote his name, he used to have to write Giuseppe Re alien, and that's how you were categorised. Um, he went down to Ballarat when the big gold rush happened in um, 1897 and they found a big um, gold, not bullion, I think, nugget, nugget, I think it's called, nugget. And um, yet uh, it's, in the, it's in Trove, it's on the front page of a paper. Um, we're unable to trace it but apparently all nuggets had names so we're still trying to find that little bit missing link. But in those days as well, um, you were unable, as an alien, to own land or own the gold if it was over a certain size. So they had to team up with someone. So we think he teamed up with a convict, and that's yet to be formalised, but that's still on the list of finding things out. Then um, they found gold, but there was a... And his best friend, Frank Arena, decided to go back to Italy, and uh, they had... Um, a cholera outbreak and so they decided to leave and go up to Kalgoorlie so they walked over from Ballarat through to Kalgoorlie which took them about three years to walk over And I I think that when you think about it in those days, they had nothing else to do. They didn't have a lot of material possessions. So as long as you can get a little bit of food and water in your belly, uh, you just kept going for the promised land, a bit like what the Americans did with the wagons. So they came over, they went to Kalgoorlie. He found more gold. And in 1904, he became a British subject and his best friend arena uh, Frank Arena was back in Perth and uh, brought his family and children and over and uh, he started his first Giuseppe Ree and Sons store in um, High Street in Fremantle and three of his children were born upstairs uh, above the shop and he married his Frank uh, his best friend Frank Arena's daughter, Maria Carolina.
0: Terrific. so we now have the re family in Western Australia in Fremantle with a store and with kids and a wife probably in the other order Um, and what happened then because my recollection is that there is no re presence in Fremantle currently
1: uh, that's correct. At that time, um, the, when the boats came into the roundhouse, people used to queue up to get spaghetti, queue up to get tomatoes and that, all night long, queuing up. And I ran into a lady who's 94, and she said she can remember as a child her parents dragging them out of bed to go and stand um, at the boats to get their share of spaghetti because it was a handful per person so they did go on so but what Perth did the Lord Mayor of the day or the government of the day I'm not quite sure I haven't found that out yet in um, 1916 they asked people to come to Perth to set up a shop and my grandfather was one of the people asked to come to Perth and then they came up and they had a shop in Francis Street Aberdeen Street Lake Street different places that they some of the shops and they moved because of they got bigger they had more children they were going backwards and forwards to Italy trying to get wine trying to get wheat different things that they were the locals the migrants because the migrants were coming over and it suited the Italians and the Europeans because it was quite warm here which was good and that's why mainly the Dutch and the English went south to Albany because it was colder and the Scots of course Scottish people loved it in Collie because it was a lot like home freezing Um, but they had um, they were in um, when they did the shop they my grandfather and my grandmother had 14 boys because my grandmother really wanted a girl and unfortunately didn't get one And uh, she had my dad at 49, and my grandfather was 69. And at that time, um, some of the boys, my grandfather chose brides for virtually all the boys, and uh, most of the boys all had girls, like me. And most of us girls have had boys.
0: So arranged marriages were alive and well back in those days?
1: Oh, very much so alive and well. And they had to have good workers, and you actually had children to work too but one of the things my grandfather did he he said all the boys had to have trades so while they had to work in the shop they all had to have trades so you had people that were accountants they were polishers they had the re-tailor shop they had the re-butcher shop they had the um, re-fruit and vegetable shop the re-newspaper shop they had the re-travel shop the um, re-and-sons which one of brothers, Re Brothers shop, which my dad was involved in and sold the first fan in Western Australia and uh, first um, uh, singer sewing machine and things like that. So the, the boys all were given a trade, they all worked hard. Um, the unfortunate thing is when you have children over 30 years and Uh, especially when you have your first one in 1906, you went through a lot of wars. So some of the children were born in Italy, some weren't. Some actually had to fight for... Some went on to fight for Australia. Some went to POW camps. Some were supposed to go back to Italy, but they didn't. They went to America instead. So, which was a bit sad because your family's fragmented by war. But as a family, they still stayed connected as we do today.
0: And hopefully not too many of them didn't come home.
1: All of them came home.
0: Well, that's, that's, a, that's a good thing. Um, so they came home, some of them to Australia, some of them probably stayed in America and some of them probably stayed in Italy. Would that be right? No,
1: none stayed no? in Italy because my grandfather said we chose Australia as our home this is where you live but because of politics some had to stay three stayed in America and everybody else stayed in Australia
0: okay and you were born here obviously and your father was one of Giuseppe's children yes right so where did he go in terms of the re-enterprise as opposed to begin a, an accountant or a, um, a polisher or whatever else?
1: My father's Julius Re, and he's the baby. So he was the baby out of all of them. He's an engraver. He did an engraving course. His dad unfortunately died when he was 10. So he didn't, he grew up with a lot of brothers and, and a lot of um, uh, aunties, if you like. And uh, some of them had children the same age as him. They all, they all went to school together. Um, he went on the state ships for a while, uh, loved to travel. Um, he started the Julius Travel Agency, JC Tours, uh, Reed Brothers, which was selling um, uh, fans and uh, sewing machines, etc. Um, he, um, uh, he also started the um, Azuri Rugby Club, started the West Australian Soccer Federation, um, the Australian Soccer Federation. Um, he was a Perth City Councillor and he was the youngest councillor in Western Australia when he was elected. Um, and he was in 1965, he was elected. And uh, they actually took up a petition to get rid of him as a councillor because he was too young. Right.
0: So we've now got your dad into the Perth City Council.
1: Mm-hmm. What happened from there? Uh, he was a very successful. One of the things he did, because he was also involved in soccer, he he brought out soccer teams like Manchester United, etc., which was one of the first things to do. He also had um, first night series played at the Wacker. He, he brought out. He said the venues such as Perry Lakes and Beattie Park should be used for other activities, and we ended up with soccer and club. Glib- Harlem Globe Trotters, etc. Down at Perry Lakes and West Coast uh, Miss West Coast down at Beatty Park and even the Jackson Five at Beatty Park and then he made the, got the velodrome transferred into soccer. So he was very much a visionary, very much sport and community-minded of, of getting people to use the facilities what, of what ratepayers pay for. And I think he was very well-respected, great networking skills, and he actually got things done. If it was a good idea, he got people together and he made it happen. He was asked to run for state government, and uh, in 1981 and uh, when he had a meeting with his friends at a a place having lunch uh, when he went to go instead of getting a glass of water he got a glass of caustic soda and uh, he spent the next six months in the burns unit at Royal Perth with his throat uh, all burnt and his his uh, trachea, and his stomach and dislodged um, fillings in his teeth and his ear and was a catalyst for all sorts of things.
0: So obviously um, there were people who didn't want to see him in state government.
1: Yes, and I'm quite familiar with what that's like. I think I have a genetic problem following my father's footsteps and I definitely know how hard politics is and how people will do not nice things to stop you.
0: Fortunately you don't seem to have been attacked by acid, but um, no, so I don't know. okay, so this has got um, your father. Um, into his political arena and then at some point in this journey you come on the scene so tell me a bit about what your generation of the Ree family has been up to
1: my generation. Well, the um, one of the uncles, he's um, at the fruit shop, and then they did the restore. So they have two of the great two of the grandchildren run uh, one restore in Northbridge and one in James Street. Um, one of the other uncles' sons, they do the um, re and sons small goods out of um, Malaga. And that's still going today. Um, and what else would there? I think that might be all rewise, um, in that line. Okay,
0: so the restore, the the one in Lake Street, which is the one that I sort of am familiar with, um, and that's run by direct descendants of yes. Giuseppe.
1: Yes. Grandsons.
0: Grandson of Giuseppe. Okay. Mm. And that's your cousin?
1: No, great grandson
0: great-grandson mm. right mm. so that's your my cousin your yes. cousin yeah. yeah okay now the public at large probably is familiar with some of the aspects of the the refamily family over the years whether it was from your dad's involvement with the city council whether it's because of the the restore the whether it's because of the travel agency whatever today if you're looking for the rename out on the street it's mainly the the restore premises um, and
1: the re small goods
0: and the re small goods right so where do you see the re dynasty going to over the next 10 20 years if you had to look in a crystal ball.
1: Well, one of my uncles started the um, the Italian Club, WA Italian Club, and it's the longest running Italian club in the world, um, which most people don't realise. In 1934, and my dad's actually the only one still alive from the opening. He might have been two, but he is still alive at the opening. Um, the uh, my father started the Sicilian Club. Um, my uncle that's ninety. He started the Sunday League football, which is still going in a different fashion today. So I think if um, if you went through and looked at it, um, the history of it, uh, you would see that a lot of the sporting clubs and, well, even one of my uncles started a gun club, but we won't do anything about that one. But in that day, it was an important thing to make sure that people um, had guns and the right people had guns in which to use it for animals mainly for rabbits and they got the rabbit skins but uh, I think that the legacy going forward is the the family atmosphere where we are still very united as a family even though we we talk to our cousins in America on a regular basis they come here we go there well up till last year um, but we all talk we have our own um, Facebook page we have our own email we we connect with birthdays and everything else that's going on because it's important family is very much important to the Reed family and I think that's what will go through the generations we tie every couple of years to have a picnic on the river especially when the relatives come over and so everybody gets to chat I mean these days people are busy it's hard to fit everything into everything but you know I I think where you are and because we're migrant based and there's a lot of migrants in Western Australia and we're based on migrants you have to sit there and hold on to your culture but and you have to love Western Australia and that's why I think a lot of people stay and know it's their home.
0: Okay so we're getting close to the end of the program but Giuseppe and Two of his brothers, I think you said, came to, to Perth or to Fremantle originally. How big is the clan now? Do you have any idea of the descendants? Whether
1: the other brothers didn't have as many children. One is in Melbourne, the other one's here. They didn't have as many children as what my grandfather had and they didn't stay as connected as what we do. So I'd say there's probably 200 of us at least out of those coming from those two children two people my grandfather and my grandmother it's probably at least 200.
0: Wow okay so the Ree family is still quite a force in Perth um, and you are by no means the shrinking violet in that group.
1: <laughs> I think the thing that we got told so much to start with is we're very much volunteers very very involved with volunteering and Um, looking after older people and we've all been raised with that community sort of feel of helping people whether it's you talk to people in the shop or all of us worked in the butcher shop or some shop because to our parents it was important that you learn human skills and I think that's ingrained in us and that makes it difference that we weren't about the money we were always about the people
0: and I think that stood you in very very good stead so Elizabeth thank you for your time today.
1: Thank you very much, too.